Hello, welcome to the uh, study cast for the uh, first semester test uh, here at uh, South Valley Junior High. Uh, we're going to get you ready for the, uh, the semester test that's going to uh, wrap things up for us here before the uh, holiday break. Um, if you want to follow along with your study guide that I handed out in class, it'll probably be the best thing. And uh, I'll kind of go along with uh, some of the questions and uh, just kind of bring up some of the topics that we mentioned in class. And I think this should help you out quite a bit for getting ready for the semester test. All right, well, one of the uh, the earliest terms we talked about was uh, really one of the reasons that European countries decided to actually start colonizing in North America, and that's the concept of mercantilism. Uh, European countries uh, saw this as an opportunity to uh, set up colonies and uh, make money from their colonies, and uh, that is the basic concept behind mercantilism. Uh, the first permanent English settlement that we talked about was Jamestown. Uh, we did quite a bit of work talking about um, how Jamestown was settled and some of the problems that they had. And uh, con in connection with that, we talked about the way that Jamestown finally does eventually become a profitable colony. And that was because of one particular plant that they started to grow and a raise that was uh, very profitable. And of course, that uh, crop that they grew is... That's right, tobacco. So once they started raising tobacco, it really, uh, they became more of a viable colony and something that England could make money off of. Now, when these colonists first came to America, uh, most typically they needed to have some kind of written contract issued by the government or issued by the king that basically gave them the right to establish a colony in the New World. And that written contract is known as a, you're correct if you said charter. So they needed to have some kind of legal document that said, that they had the uh, permission of the king to set up a colony. Um, we talked a little bit about um, in Jamestown that there was uh, one particular person that really kind of took control and uh, basically established the law that everybody must work if they wanted to eat and participate in the colony, and that is John Smith. John Smith was the one that really kind of uh, laid down that first law and really made people work, um, especially the gentlemen that were there from England. Uh, moving on to the uh, Revolutionary War a little bit, um, we talked about the concept of um, how the uh, colonial militia was formed, and uh, we had a, a nickname uh, basically for anybody that was ready to arm themselves and uh, fight against the British in a very short amount of time, and of course uh, that term that we used is Minuteman, um, and so that was kind of the, uh, the idea of these militia, everyday common soldiers that were ready to fight on just a, a minute's notice. We talked about the person that was selected to be in charge of the entire Continental Army in the American Revolutionary War. And of course, that was the uh, one and only George Washington. He took command of the uh, Continental Army. We also talked about some of the things that led up to the Revolutionary War. One of them was a law that stated that all legal and commercial documents must carry an official stamp showing that a tax had been paid on them. And uh, that is the Stamp Act. We talked about some of the ramifications of the Stamp Act back in uh, one of the earlier units. And one of the ways that the colonists protested the Stamp Act was by creating a boycott. Um, a boycott is not buying a certain product or not using a certain product as a way to basically protest uh, some kind of activity or act. And uh, in this case, they boycotted, for example, paper products, so they would not have to pay the uh, Stamp Act. We also talked about the document that officially states that the colonies are breaking away from England, and of course that is the Declaration of Independence. We uh, did kind of a fun activity with the, uh, the breakup letter for the uh, Declaration of Independence unit. Um, we also talked about some of the soldiers that were fighting in the Revolutionary War that were not necessarily from England, but were fighting for England, 
Um, they were known as Hessians, and they were mercenaries. So you'll need to know that a mercenary is a soldier who fights for another country for pay. And if you remember back to the movie we watched with the crossing, uh, the Hessians were mercenaries um, fighting on behalf of the English there at Trenton when Washington attacked after crossing the Delaware. We talked about the uh, European countries that came in to help us during the Revolutionary War. And uh, those two countries were, uh, well, the two main countries were Spain and France. Um, and that was a huge help to the uh, colonists that could then uh, bring in some more money and some uh, more supplies. Um, a lot of different reasons why those were uh, really important connections. And one of the people that came over from France that specifically helped was an individual that brought a lot of his own money. He was an extremely wealthy uh, uh, individual in Europe. He brought his own money. He also became uh, a fairly good general in Washington's army, and that was Marquis de Lafayette. Marquis de Lafayette was the uh, the Frenchman that helped out uh, a lot, and he actually almost became kind of like George Washington's adopted son, uh, became very close to Washington. Um, the one battle that was kind of uh, important as far as the significance because it was the last major battle of the uh, revolution was the Battle of Yorktown. And again, uh, there was some fighting that took place after that, um, but that was a, a very important battle down the stretch. Um, the French came and helped us pin in uh, the British uh, there at Yorktown. Uh, so Yorktown was uh, significant because it was the last major battle of the Revolutionary War. Um, we also talked a little bit about how long the Revolutionary War lasted. Um, roughly about eight years, um, one of the longest wars in American history. So uh, again, basically eight years was the length of the Revolutionary War. Moving into the uh, Constitution, uh, one of our most recent concepts, um, we did talk uh, about the uh, first 10 amendments, uh, which basically are known collectively as the Bill of Rights. Um, those first 10 amendments were one of the uh, reasons that some of the Anti-Federalists did not want to sign or ratify the Constitution as it was written. Um, they did eventually add those, and uh, those 10 amendments are known as the Bill of Rights. As they were getting ready to uh, create the Constitution, there were a lot of uh, major compromises that took place. And uh, one of the major compromises was the Great Compromise. And uh, the Great Compromise was a blending of two different plans on how we create the uh, legislature in America, or how we uh, create Congress. The first plan that you'll need to know is the Virginia Plan. And the Virginia plan wanted the legislature of the national government to have two houses, and uh, they would both basically both be determined by population. So the Virginia plan, since Virginia was a large populated state, um, they wanted it based on population. On the other hand, you had the New Jersey plan. The New Jersey plan wanted equal representation for each state, and that was because New Jersey was not a particularly large state in population. Um, so they wanted to go the other extreme. Um, but of course what they ended up with was the Great Compromise, which created a house that was based on population and one house based on uh, equality for each state, each state having two people in the uh, Senate. Um, one of the other compromises we talked about was the Three-Fifths Compromise. And uh, this is a, a temporary compromise on the issue of slavery. It says that slaves should count as, as three-fifths of a person in terms of population for both taxes and representation. Of course, this was later changed um, after the, uh, the uh, Civil War, but uh, this was one of the ways that they got through the issue of slavery when they uh, devised the Constitution. And the Constitution was not actually our first form of government. Um, if you go back, uh, we talked about the Articles of Confederation. That was our first national form of government uh, created in 1776. It just uh, didn't give a lot of power to the, uh, the national government, um, was very, um, 
lacking of power to actually carry through on anything. Um, so it was a failure. They came through and created the Constitution that replaced it, but the original one was the Articles of Confederation. Um, a term that came up a couple times in this first unit was the, uh, the concept of the militia. And the militia is a force of armed civilians that are pledged to defend their community. Um, it came up in the uh, Revolutionary War unit and then also in the Constitution unit um, when they talked specifically about um, the right to militia. Um, we also talked a little bit about checks and balances. This is what gives each branch of government the ability to uh, limit some of the power of the other branches. Um, this was a major concern once they uh, created the Constitution. They didn't want to give one specific branch too much power, so they created checks and balances, things like uh, veto power, um, the ability of the uh, Supreme Court to declare something unconstitutional, um, approval of um, you know, uh, cabinet positions, things like that. All right, a couple of amendments here. Um, the amendment that officially ends slavery in the United States, fairly important amendment, that is the 13th Amendment, and that's the uh, first of the three Civil War amendments. So again, the amendment that officially ends slavery is the 13th Amendment. And then uh, another important amendment I think you should know is the amendment that gives women the right to vote, and that is amendment number, you're correct if you said amendment number 19. So the 19th Amendment does give women the right to vote in America. Um, again, some states were doing that before it was actually ratified as an amendment, but this gives everybody in the entire United States that's a woman uh, the right to vote in elections. And then the last major concept, um, we talked a little bit about uh, the difference in uh, democracies. And uh, we have a government uh, here in the United States currently that is uh, also referred to as a uh, uh, republicism. Um, uh, again, a republic is where um, everybody has the right, the people have the right to control the government, but since we can't all vote on a daily basis, we basically vote for people that then represent us in government, and that is the concept of a republicanism. Uh, so that is an important concept to know for the test as well. So if you know those items, you should be in a really good shape for the test. Um, again, it's just kind of some of the major concepts from the first semester. Um, if you have any questions, you can stop by the classroom and uh, ask me a question before the test. Um, if not, good luck and uh, finish up the semester on a great note, and I hope you do really well on the test. Thanks for listening, and good luck.